Good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Up. I am Matthew Cause in for Aaron Karolnik. It is another Step Brothers edition of the show. Me and my stepbrother, maybe we're going to make um, some homemade beef jerky. Maybe we're going to go riverboat <laughs> gambling. I don't know. We'll see, because yes. that's what men do. That's what men do. Good morning, Carla. How you doing, buddy? What's up, my man? Oh, a little Guns and Roses to start the day. Oh, what a tune. I love the way, like, see, this is something that I always try to tell AK to pay more attention to. You came in at the right spot there of that song. You let the, the chorus play out, and then boom. Once the guitar hit, you came in. It's like Aki doesn't even let the song play out. He's like, wow, here we go. First stop. Yeah, Corona, Koyak. It's like, dude, man, it's the morning. Let the song play out. Hold on. First off, thank you. Um, I, I always like to hit the post. But yes. Christy Avero, could you clip Carlos' impersonation of Aaron there? It's like, oh, oh we'll just start the hell well, first off. <laughs> like, if you could clip, it's about nine seconds ago. He's always in perfect. a rush. He's always yeah. in a rush to start talking. And it's like, dude, let the song play out, man. Let it breathe, baby. Let, let it, it breathe. breathe. Yeah. Let it breathe. And you come in right at the right spot. Man. Wow, that was good on you, man. Good on Thank you. you. Thank yes. you. It's uh, it's it's sad. Like when you've done radio long enough, you actually take pride. You actually take pride in uh, being able to hit the post because it also means you just know all these songs. But it's, let's get let's get the show started the right way. Here is Carlo Koliakovo's impersonation of Aaron Karolnik. Play out. He's like, wow, here we go. First stop. Yeah, Karolnik. It's like, dude, man. <laughs> nice job, nice job by you. Is is that is that was that how you is that the phrase you use? Hit the post. Yes. When when you're talking about coming in at the perfect time of the song. Yeah, you'll hear it where the DJ because this is more of a music thing. It's like, hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Q one oh seven. It's September. Coming up at the top of the hour, we got traffic, weather, traffic, weather, weather, and traffic. But first, <laughs> we now go to the Almond Brothers, and then nice. you know, and then and it's it's, it's always about because your know, songs have uh, just as you heard in that in that classic one, of Sweet Child of Mine. There's just instrumental, 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 yeah. and usually hitting the posts is you stop. Right before uh, the singer starts singing. So you just, uh -huh. bam. And the best ones, you can play any song, and they know in their brain, oh, this is an 11-second fill, this is 15, this right. is only 7, and you just, you know, right. you work it out. Did you take music class when you were in uh, school? Oh, oh, Carlo, have I never told you this story? Oh, wow, okay. I'm going to get my popcorn ready. Let's go back to 1986. Let's go back to 1986, legs. everybody. Ronald Reagan was the president fighting the dirty Russians. Huh, not different than now. Anyway, um, I'm in grade six. Miss Serena, yeah, I'm calling you out. We had, um, we Miss acquired. Serena. <laughs> Serena. Her name is Miss Serena. I'll never forget. We had, um, we were in a choir. Like everyone had to be in the choir. So the day before the performance, and again, I'm in grade six. I'm like 11 years old. The teacher pulls some of us aside and says, I want you guys to be my magic singers. Ooh. And we're like, what's a magic singer? That sounds awesome. Is that with wizardry and dragons? No. That is where you just mouth the words. I was such a bad singer, and there's about three or four other of us where the teacher just said, you know what? For the concert where you're singing, where your parents are going to watch you sing, I want you to lip sync. Go full Millie Vanilli. 
So, no, I've never taken any musical course. I got burned as an 11-year-old at Humber Valley Village in a jungle. What? Yeah. That's sad, Matthew. That's yeah. sad. And the reason why I asked that is because, and I know you just you just uh, rhymed off your your uh, music teacher's name. Tale of Woe. But when I was in grade 11, grade 11 or grade 12, I was in school in Erie, Pennsylvania at McDowell High School. And I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to admit this. I don't remember my teacher's name. He was That's okay. Un, he was an unbelievable guy. Oh. Um, and it's just driving me nuts that I can't remember his name. I'm bad with names, so just so people know. But I always recognize good people. Carlo, or uh, to the listeners, if you were Carlo's grade 11 teacher, Texas at 10.50.50. Dude, it's eerie Pennsylvania, man. <laughs> People listen all over the world. People listen. Yeah. You know, the, 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 so the, ah. what, what I was getting at was there was an assignment one day where he asked each, each student to bring in a CD with their favorite song. Because oh. he, would, he would play the song and... The first person to guess it oh. would would and, and it would be just instrumental, like there would be no lyrics, right? So, actually, we didn't bring in a CD. We had to we had to put on a piece of paper the name of the song we wanted because he would get the instrumental version of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first person that get it won won a prize. Yeah, yeah. So, can you take a guess as to what group I chose? First guess is going to be ACDC. No, you two. Was the, okay, was the, yeah, yeah. Okay, you 2 my favorite band. See, 20 Fingers was nodding his head because that's what he would have picked because he knows that u is my favorite band. So the song that I chose was Sunday Bloody Sunday, mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs. And of course. Maybe, maybe we can play it coming out of the break. And I, I remember so vividly right now when that song was playing, I had everybody in the class looking at me and it's like, what song is this? What song is this? I'm like... You guys don't know you too. Like this is the, the, one of the greatest songs ever made. Hell and yeah. all I all I can envision is my music teacher at his desk, actually like doing the drums, like playing the air drums to the song "Sunday Bloody Sunday." And after the class, I remember him pulling aside. He goes, "You had the best selection of today's." Nice. Group. I was nice. like, wow, all right. Yeah, maybe I'm loving <laughs> music class now. So, it, you know, that's why the whole hit the posting when you let the, 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 the best the best uh, part of the song play out, it just it resonates, right? And so it just I've brought often, up a, a very cool moment that I had in, in my high school years. I've often said, Carlo, that um, one of my favorite intros to it, like just the instrumental uh, ramp up to a song was uh, it was also you two streets with no names yes. like just and by the way that's a long one like for someone to fill before uh, you know that's before, hard to do uh, in radio that's well no because I radio. you'd have to talk for maybe like a minute which yeah. is actually not hard to do in this business but you'd you'd be talking and coming up we get more into Lamar Jackson. Oh, wait, the instrumental's still going on. Lamar Jackson, remember, <laughs> in his first year as a full-time starter, was the MVP, but they couldn't win many playoff games with him as a star. Wait, is, 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 could Bono start singing now? Why yeah. am I still talking? Like, so, for ages? my favorite memory of the song, Where the Streets Have No Name, is back in the early 2000s when the Vancouver Canucks were in the playoffs. Mm. And they would have I actually felt it because my first playoff 
experience in the NHL was against the Vancouver Canucks as a member of the St. Louis Blues. And do you remember that scene where, you know, hockey night in Canada, late night game, both teams are about to come on the ice. That song is pumping, just the lyrics. You got the fans with the white towels going nuts, the players skating on the ice, and all you keep hearing is the lyrics. Or not the lyrics, the instrumental. Of the, where the streets have no name. And, man, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Because that of course. scene, that visual, that moment, being on the ice, feeling that, listening to one of my favorite groups, was, like, goosebump oh, yeah. city for me. Oh, yeah, just hair city. growing everywhere. Yeah. yeah, of course it is. And even just as a viewer, it looks great. And you're like, yeah, we're going to win 11 nothing. Yeah. bleep the world. Actually, did this ever happen, or what, do you remember a time when this happened when you know you guys are all pumped and the music and the crowd and the atmosphere, the flag wave and everything's awesome, and then a minute in the other team scores, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Seventy-eight seconds ago, we were ready to take on the world, and we're now done yeah. one nothing because we couldn't clear the puck. Yeah, that you know, you're, you're, it's. I mean, it's probably yeah. happened for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's amazing the the power that music can play in your day right oh, yeah. because the energy that a song like like that we just played this morning with Guns N' Roses has given me this morning because you know the, the thing I hate the most when I wake up in the morning and I come downstairs is like I, I'm a snooze guy when I hit my when I wake up in the morning alarm it's I it's a two three snooze button for oh. me every morning because that's that's how I slowly get myself up. Well, yeah. it's almost like sometimes, and I hate this when it happens to my computer, my computer hits the snooze button too because, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is, like, slow computers. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I come down this morning, I've opened everything up, and all I'm seeing is that blue loading that little- button. Yeah, the blue little Everywhere. Uh, circle. And I'm like, Come thing. on, uh, man! I have I have high power internet. You know what I mean? I have everything <laughs> no, hardwired here. Like I I don't want the the dial up sort of speed on my computer. So, right, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. you saw like it took me a while for the Zoom to come on because everything was just loading. I'm like, what the hell, man? Like I just want to. Get caught up. I want to read my notes. I want to see the stuff that happened last night. And next thing you know, it's taking forever to load. And I got really, really frustrated. And then I heard that song, and I'm, I'm, I'm in such a good mood right now. Such a good mood. It's amazing. Like this is why we. I don't know, Matthew. When, I mean, do you listen to our show on Fridays when when you're up? Oh in yeah, the when you do DJ. Yeah, when you guys all, when when you guys all request kick, Fridays. All request. Yeah, you're kicking it. Like gym. it's 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 awesome. Like because that's what we hope comes out of this. Like sports talk radio is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be entertaining. You're supposed to, you know, create a relationship with the people that you're listening to. And I hope that's what we've done here at First Up. But you get a jam coming out of break before you're about to listen to some sports talk. Like that's what gets the juices flowing. Oh yeah! Oh, 100%. Like when when I'm doing any long distance runs, I run better when the music is playing. Like I'll run to a podcast, but then I'm like, okay, you're kind of dragging your ass, and then you just you throw songs. Yeah, it's amazing the energy that music gives you. Next thing you know, the Humpty Dance is playing, and you and you're feeling inspired, and you're ready. uh, You're ready to go. I guess this is a good poll question, and maybe we can ask you know listeners to text in to ten fifty fifty as well too. What's the jam you need to listen to 
to create that spark to get you going in a day. And I don't know how you, how you, you want to word it, but, you know, like, there's got to be your, a... What's your kick-ass get-you-out-of-bed song? Perfect. There you go. Perfect. There you go. What's um, yours? Um, I'd, I'd have to... Th- I mean, there's so many. You okay, know? so... I'd, I'd have to... I love you, too. Oh. We just... We yeah, yeah, just, yeah. We just... I gave you two songs, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, where okay, the streets I got one have no you. name, Guns N' Roses. Yeah. But the song that gets my juices flowing when I need to pick me up, mm-hmm. Eminem, Till I Collapse. Okay, yeah, 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 of course. Oh, my God. You play that song, I'm running through a wall for and, and mine are going to be a little bit weird. Like, one that comes to mind, a song you might not even know, it's an obscure Rolling Stones song called Monkey Man. That's like an absolute killer tune. Um, and. Yeah, but uh, we, we we could find that later. By the way, one final thought to you, Carlo, because on the other side, we you, you want to play something that's kick ass. Fred Van Vliet kicked the ass of the officials last he night. Did. After the officials kicked <laughs> the ass of the Raptors, <laughs> we'll play that on the other side. But one quick question, Carlo, I think I've asked this before. Your wife Gina, how does she feel about the fact that you are you are you are the guy who does the uh, who has to wake up three times? That you're the guy that has to hit the snooze. Because that would annoy me if Amy was constantly, alarm was going off and she hit the snooze. I'm like, get out of the bed. I'm trying yeah. to sleep. Well, we've, we've solved that problem a long time ago. Me and my wife sleep in separate beds. Wow, smart. Um, when so, it's time for actual, yeah. Like the only time we try to sleep together in the same bed is on weekends. Okay, yeah, might, yeah, yeah. my alarm doesn't up. go off. But yeah. my kids have a bad habit of starting to sleep in their own beds and then in the middle of the night coming to our uh, beds and uh, it disrupts her sleep it disrupts yes. my sleep knowing yes. have to, how early i have to get up and obviously she hates when my alarm goes off but so <laughs> it's been a while since we've slept in the same bed matthew I yeah. feel like we could do a whole bunch of segments on relationships but that would be awkward and actually you know what I think there's a lot of times where I'm like, just go to another room. Yeah. Just go to another room, especially when I can do the morning show. I don't want to see you. Sleep, other- sleep is the one thing that can affect your happiness Oh yeah, in a day. So the whole day. Oh, yeah. yeah. It sucks, but it's something that has, has worked in our life right now, considering my schedule and yeah. you know, her no, no, schedule. No, no. You could do the thing about making like a joke about like oh a fifties couple, but you're right. Sleep for the physical side, the mental side. I remember Steve Nash having like first time I heard about a sleep coach when he was with the Phoenix Suns, yeah. and just everyone having nap schedules and how much that impacts the play on the ice or on the court. Hundred percent. All right. Yeah. On the other side, um, usually when a player or a coach when they are upset the officials, they're very vague about who they attack. Fred Van Vliet, not fake at all. We'll not play you that. At all. Not at all. We'll play that next. That's Carlo Cause This is First Up. Welcome back, everyone. This is First Up. I am Matthew Cause. That is Carlo Coliacabo. Okay, Carlo, because we're doing like songs that really just get us going in the morning. This is not an original joke. I think I heard it first from Adam Carolla. But Adam was talking about the band U2. And he felt bad for one specific member because you got, you know, hello, everyone, this is a U2. I'm Bono. I'm The Edge. I'm Larry. Like, there's one guy <laughs> that just goes by and says, hey, it's Larry, everybody. But, like, everyone else has cool names. Bono, The Edge, Larry. Like, just there's a big gap in, in the cool factor in the names there. 
Yeah, no, there is. Um, and it's it's funny you say that because you just rhymed off all the names of the band, and the only guy I really know is Bono. So <laughs> the but other guys, you, you could you could have made it up, and I could have said, yeah, I know those guys. but Bono, yeah. Edge, Starfish, Angry Chipmunk, and Larry. Yeah, there it is. Angry Chipmunk would be a, would be a bad one. Oh, you, you, you ready for the uh, segue? Speaking of angry, um, yes. the Raptors lose 108-100 to the Clippers last night. And first off, once again, Raptors bad offense. It's not just that they scored 100 points. It's that the Clippers, they haven't allowed an opponent to shoot under 40% since late November. And that's what happened last night to the Raptors offense. However, the bigger concern for Fred Van Vliet was the officials. One night after, or two nights now, Scott Foster booting out Scotty Barnes in that Denver game. Clippers go to the free throw line 31 times, Raptors 14. And here's the clip of Fred Van Vliet. Usually the athlete or the coach goes, well, you know, the officials, they weren't really on it tonight. Fred decided to get real specific. We got to find ways to adjust and adapt. Um, definitely in the third quarter there. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was terrible tonight um i thought that on most nights you know a couple of the, you know out of the three there's one or two that just the game up you know and it's, it's it's been like that a couple couple games in a row um denver was tough obviously you come out tonight you're competing pretty hard the third quarter i get a bull tech changes the whole dynamic of the game changes the whole flow of the game and um you know most of the refs are trying hard i like a lot of the refs are trying hard they're pretty fair they communicate well and then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and um, just kind of <laughs> the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. <laughs> they come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. And um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed. Um, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Wow. That had everything. That had everything. Wow. Wow. You had more swearing than Richard Pryor stubbing his toe. You had a specific guy mentioned. You had Fred Van Vliet also balancing it by saying most of the officials are good. And then he said the one line, though. Most of my texts are games that Ben Taylor is officiating. Yeah. I don't know what the maximum fine is. Yes, that's personal. But think about how insecure the NBA is about bad officiating with old Donaghy from years ago. Right. And so Josh Lewenberg tweeted this out last night that Paul George was fined 35000 in 2021 for comments that paled in comparison to Van Vliet's. And per the CBA, the max that the NBA can find a player without going to arbitration is fifty k. So he's getting somewhere between 35 50K. and 50K on this fine. Oh, and, he's getting 50. He's and, getting 50. Like, I don't know if we've ever heard anything this direct, but good on Fred. Yeah. You know what? Good on Fred because what is the one thing that has really been the highlight of controversy throughout the NBA, throughout the NFL, throughout sports in general? It's been the referees. And, and maybe it, it, it takes an incident like this where a player comes out and, be, and and is so direct at a certain player where the leagues, like, do you, you remember when the 
the NFL, I think it was the game against, the, yeah, it was Cincinnati versus Kansas City, where the calls were so one-sided on Kansas City's side, so obvious how bad the refereeing was, and Roger Goodell comes out in the podium then, uh, like a couple of days later and says, our refereeing has never been better in this game. Yes. It's yes. like you're, you're completely ignoring the the problem that people are identifying. And if you're Fred Van Vliet and you're the Raptors, there's been clearly a problem with the with the officiating in games that you've played in. So the NBA can do one of two things, and they're going to do one for sure. They're going to find Fred Van Vliet. The max. But do, but do they actually investigate what the real problem is here? Scott Foster. Well, I mean, you go back to yeah. Scott Foster and the tech that he threw at, 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 at Scotty Barnes. The players didn't even overreact to what Scotty Barnes said, but the, the referee the took officials, it personal. The other officials didn't overreact. Here's the problem, Carlo. Um, will the NBA do anything? They're no, not going to. Because they're going to protect you know the referees. Here's the perfect evidence. Scott Foster's been doing this for like oh, well over two decades, and he is still doing the job. If the, And listen, say it on the front end. Sports are harder to officiate every year because everyone gets bigger, faster, stronger. But what mm. leagues need to do is just dig into the tape, dig into the Ben Taylor tape, and see if there is any validity. Because uh, these are human beings. Has Ben Taylor uh, been unfair on Fred Van Vliet compared to other officials? You can quietly do some investigation and quietly pull the ref to the side and say, hey, what's going on here, buddy? But the thing you're, you're, you're flirting with, Matthew, if you don't do anything about it, is exactly what Fred Van Viet highlighted. The fans that come to watch the games don't come to watch the referees. And I know. If, you, if, but... if you're, if you're going to have the referees, you know, if you leave the game at the end of the night and you're leaving and you're pissed off and you're leaving with your buddies and stuff and all you're talking about is how bad the referees were, how is that good for the game? How is that good for the fans? Again, I'm with you. Refereeing is a very hard job to do. But you know what? You, whoever's doing the referee, you sign up to do that job. Make sure you're doing the best part or, or the, the best version of that job for the integrity of the game. Because, well, no, of course, Carla, we're, we're on the same side, but how yeah. do you fix it? The thing is, well, and remember, if accountability, the NBA, Matt. The N- accountability no, know, is how you NBA, fix it. But the NBA has never cared about accountability, and they're rate, and like, and the game is as popular now as it was when Donahue was screwing up. When the whole Donahue scandal came out, what did the NBA say at the end? They said it was one guy, lone wolf, yep. rogue ref, yep. and everyone was like, BS, BS to that. But you know what the NBA did? Don't worry about it. We'll wait. You'll forget. You'll move on. And we'll forget. We'll move on. A late night game between the Clippers and the Raptors, everyone else will move on. It's only a small pocket of people that are going to care. Mm. And to me, this always comes down to you should have someone just keeping an eye on are the officials making it personal? Not are the officials screwing up a call. Everyone's going to screw up a call. But are they making it personal? Well, I mean, again, going back to Josh Newberg, he highlighted this. He said Fred Van Vliet has been called for a team high eight texts this season. Five have come with Taylor officiating, including See, including his November thirtieth ejection against New Orleans. See, that should be that should be investigated. That's personal. If you're the NBA, yes, if you're the NBA, review the game film. You know, review the just do it quietly. Review the game film, and then bring Ted, Ben Taylor in and go, "Hey, you know what happened? You know what happened yeah. here? What's going but on?" They won't. They yeah. won't. They won't because 
the league, or the, the CBA says that they can find this player. The player will pay the fine, and they'll move on. And, and this is... And by the way, they should. They should find the player. Fred Van Vliet should 100% be fined. Oh, he knows he's going to get it. He, he's, 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 he yeah. admitted it. And look, you, yeah. you don't, you don't want to create this, this, this standard where, you know, you let this slide, and after every game, you're, you're basically leaving an open forum for any player to just tee off on anybody that they want because they make $50 million a year and a $50,000 fine is, is, is pennies to them. You don't. You don't want to, like, but as a league, to, to keep the integrity of the game and the integrity of the respect of the game there has to be some accountability here. And and if this is a wake-up call for the NBA, because it's two games in a row now where the referees have impacted a certain team's game and outcome, like, you know, I, I've, been, I've been saying it even in the referee, or, or in the NFL. The fact that the NFL, a billion-dollar industry, can't hire full-time referees to to do the job and to actually keep the integrity of the game sacred so you don't have people questioning collusion or, you know, uh, referees being on the take or whatever it is and, and you know, one-siding games based on what side of the line they're facing. However you want to view it, okay, the fact that you don't have these guys as full-timers, you leave that open for discussion you leave that thought in people's minds to think that some way somehow the game is impacted by somebody who can who who has a who has a whistle in their hand well we got to go but here's the thing carla with the nfl they still use a metal chain to figure out to measure a first down it's a (laughs) multi-billion dollar league and they're using a unit of measurement that's been going on since like the 1200s on uh, on the other side, when you look at officiating. I don't think it's ever been better in the league. <laughs> That's right. How, how can you come out and admit that when you have millions of people that watch the game? I know because that can. have an open form on Carlo, Twitter Carlo, to comment on all the bad refereeing we see. It doesn't matter. Know, Do you know why Roger can? Watch. Because he can and will still watch the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game with Glee. All right. On the other side, it is great take or mistake. That's Carlo. I'm Cause. This is first up. We are giving away a pair of Raptors tickets. Listen to each hour of the First Up podcast for a clue to the identity of a former or current Raptors player. Once you have all the clues and you know the identity of the player, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win the tickets. Here is your clue. The first clue for today's Reveal That Raptor contest is... This Raptor has played for three different teams during his 11-year NBA career. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. This is, first up, I'm Matthew Cause in for Aaron Karolnik. That is Carlo Koliakovo. And Carlo, I'm new to this, so we're going to do some uh, producing on the the fly, live on air. Is there a fun sting? Because I've never taken place. I've never taken part. Let me speak good now, English. In great take or mistake, is there is there a fancy sting that I should be aware of? Well, just the one you heard uh, coming in is the is the sting. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's underwhelming. Nice song. A little underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. you know, I gotta lie, a little underwhelming there. I wanted something more. All right, producer Chris Horvat, what do you got? What do you got? Cheese. 
we are going to start with Mitch Marner. I was listening to Overdrive yesterday, and they were talking about how Marner doesn't get a ton of Selkie love, maybe in part because he's a winger. So my take is that Mitch Marner is going to finish top three in Selkie voting this season. Oh, that's wow. a mistake. Mistake. That's a mistake. That is a mistake, and I'll tell you why. Two reasons. Marner doesn't look like a Selkie winner. He's too small, baby-faced, looks like a kid, and also because Pierre Bergeron is going to take uh, first, second, and, or Mark Bergeron, excuse me, is going to take first, second, and third. <laughs> you Wait, I think I said his twice. name on twice now. Let me do this a third time. Pierre yeah, and Berg- Mark. <laughs> Pierre Patrice. Bergeron and Mark Bergeron. Wow. Steve Bergeron, Ted Bergeron. Now Bergeron's going to get all the votes. He's going to he's going to take. Yeah, but first, the question is, third. Matthew, top three. Right? No, the joke is that he's so good, he's just going to take first place, second place, and third place. They're just going to okay. give it all to him. Right on. Yeah, um, yeah so mistake. Well, Ryan, a teammate of his, Ryan O'Reilly, would be, would have been a strong candidate for it in previous years. But, you know, with his struggles with St. Louis this year and obviously his injury, um, you'd probably have to remove him from the equation. I believe Alex uh, Barkov won it last year. Um, and so... I mean, he's had a sort of down year as well, too. Bergeron's always a candidate for it. I have Patrice to actually or Mark or Pierre, all three of them. Are well, great. yeah, I'd, I'd have to actually see who's having <laughs> a selkie worthy type of season around the league. But because we watch Mitch Marner every night and see the the great things that he's he great. does on a nightly basis, and how impactful he is on both sides of the ice and how many minutes he plays. I actually think this is a great take. I think Marner has earned his place in the Selkie voting conversation. So I'm going to say oh, he's earned it. Top no, no, Carlo, he's earned it. I just don't think that he'll get the votes necessary. Well, I, I beg to differ, Matthew. Matt, Matt, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry, Cos. It's not like Patrice Bergeron is the best defensive player in NHL history. Who can forget that name? I, I don't know who you're talking about. I only know Pierre Bergeron. Pierre Bergeron. <laughs> I know is Ted take, Bergeron. Uh, first, second, in, or Mark Bergeron. Excuse me. There's a Bergeron. Right, let's stay with the for Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph Wall will be the full-time number one starter by the end of the 2024 season. After notching another win for the Marlies last night. Wall is now 15 and 1 with a 9.33 save percentage and he is 15 and 0 when his team scores one goal for him. Uh, that's an amazing stat. I actually saw that yesterday. I think it was Kevin Papetti tweeted it out. It was, yeah. Right? And I, that that's incredible. Like this guy is playing unreal in the minors for the Toronto Marlies. I mean 15 and 1 record. And the only loss that he has on his record is a game where his team didn't score a goal. Like, that's, that's just, <laughs> it's incredible. And you know what? It's, it's a great sign for this Maple Leafs organization because going into this season, there was a lot of talk about how for years this Maple Leafs organization under this management team has not been able to develop a goalie in from the minors. Right? I mean, you talk about Jack Campbell that they brought in, Freddie Anderson that they brought in. They went out and, Sign Morazic to that horrible deal. They go trade for Matt Murray, which you know I guess we'll wait and we'll see, see how, how that how that'll we'll be see. judged. And he's under contract yeah. for next year. And you know what do they do with Samsonov with the season that he's having? But 
Joseph Wall, I think, is is making a name for himself to be the future goaltender for this Maple Leafs organization. And you just look at the salary cap implications of that. He's a guy that can give you above average goaltending on a league average contract. So with the Maple Leafs and their contracts that they're going to have to negotiate, if you can save money in net doing so, it's a huge advantage for this Maple Leafs team. And I'm going to say that's a great take, Cheese, because Matt Murray, he has another year, but we don't know if he'll be here next year and what decision they'll make on him. Samsonov is unrestricted after this year. What is, you know, where's his, um, you know, future going to lie with, with this team or in, in the NHL? So the fact that Wall's in this organization, I think that's a great take. Total mistake. The Leafs have never been able to, never will develop a goalie. Wall has been fantastic, but let's see if he can make the jump to the to the actual pros. If he was ready, why isn't he here already? And they got Murray for another year. Well, he's not here. He's not here already because they've got Matt Murray and they've got Ilya Samsonov. That's why he's not here. Yeah, you boot them out of there for the year. And last year he dealt with injuries. He had to recover from his injury in the early in the season. But brittle, brittle player can't stay healthy. Greatest ability is is availability. Shut up, Pierre. I just wanted to provide a little uh, pushback to that. <laughs> Mark Bergeron. <laughs> what do you got next, All right. one guy in, One guy in Toronto that everybody knows is Kawhi Leonard. And if he would have stayed after the Raptors won their NBA title, Toronto would have reached the NBA Finals at least one more time. Yes. Great take. Yep, 100%. Uh, if Kawhi Leonard is, if Pascal Siakam is your second or sometimes third best player, like you would have had the next year, you would have had with Kyle Lowry and Van Vliet and o- healthy OG Ananobi. Like just that team was stacked. Yes, absolutely. That team wins another title. And also because you have the best doctors and medical people there surrounding Kawhi Leonard versus whatever the hell happened after he went back to California. Yeah, Sir Alex McKechnie was uh, the. Uh... <laughs> The uh, injury guru guy that uh, helped Kawhi, um, you know, at his greatest time. And I'm going to say that's a great take too, um, because you you just look at you know who the Raptors lost that season. They lost Danny and Kawhi, two guys that helped them get over the hump, and they still had what the second best record in the NBA at the time uh, in that season. And then obviously it got derailed because of COVID, you know, canceled the rest of the regular season. They went to play in the bubble, and we know how that bubble played out. Pascal was nowhere near Pascal Siakam, and the Lakers end up winning the championship. I mean, the Lakers haven't been anywhere close to that team either since the bubble. So would they no. have been? Would they? Would they have won the NBA championship that season if it wasn't in the bubble? I mean, hey, there's the, so many what ifs and 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 buts, the, but. The Raptors could have won that year. Remember, the Miami Heat pushed, uh, pushed, which they were good, but not a great yeah, Miami Heat. They were the Heat number team. five they seed. Pushed the Laker, they pushed the Lakers to six in that series. So, absolutely. Yeah. The, the Raptors, the question was do they get back to the NBA Finals? Hell yeah. Do yeah. they win another championship? An excellent chance. An excellent yeah, chance. I totally agree. Great take. Great take. Let's go to the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons would be the favorite to win the NFC if they were to somehow land Lamar Jackson. Mistake. What? They were the, the mistake. The favorites. Oh, the NFC. The NFC. I thought. The I NFC. thought you were not saying the NFC division. South. No, 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 yes. no. No, okay. the NFC South. That is easy. The uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks are, are second <laughs> in the NFC South right now. Please, uh, they are second. They'd be second at least. They've got. They'd have a great offense. Um, with, obviously, with Lamar Jackson. 
but they're not better than the Eagles. As long as the Eagles can bring back Hargrave, uh, their great defensive tackle, that team is going to be is going to be stacked again next year. I know they got some free agents to deal with, but no, they would not be the favorite in the NFC. Yeah, I'm going to say there's a mistake too. Um, like I said, if it was the NFC South, I would have I would have agreed to it, but the whole NFC. Even with Lamar Jackson in Atlanta, I still don't put them ahead of the Eagles or the 49ers. Um, I think I think the Detroit Lions are going to be a sleepy team next year. Um, I love what Dan Campbell is building over there. Um, you can even make the case for you know a team like Seattle, you know, taking another step under under Geno Smith. Um, but man, what are the what other NFC teams are there? The Dallas Cowboys is another team that we like to crap on, but. You know, they're, they're a good they're, team. The Cowboys are a good team. If they, yeah, if, the they go out, team. if they go out and get another weapon at wide receiver, does you know how much more potent does that make them? So, yeah, that's a mistake with Lamar Jackson, and it's it's a mistake that the NFL is making right now with Lamar Jackson as a free agent because it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that you have a guy entering the prime of his career playing the prime position in the NFL that you ultimately need to have success in and like teams are just walking away saying yeah i'm not interested we're, we're not well, we're not pursuing lamar jackson but that's, and that's it, not the nfl's fault that's partially lamar jackson's fault like I, i'm sorry i'm gonna put some of this on lamar jackson a guy hasn't been healthy the last two seasons and now he wants the same amount of money that only that uh, the browns went rogue on that contract they gave to deshaun <laughs> watson Listen, I wish I wish Lamar Jackson. He deserves a ton of money. He deserves more money than Daniel Jones. But part of this, I'm sorry, part of this goes on Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to hold him out on this one. He's the one who didn't get an agent. You know, he's the one who wasn't well, that's, around. Well, that's that's the biggest mistake right there is the fact that this guy now has a window to negotiate with other teams, and he doesn't have an agent doing the dirty work for him. It's it's he's trying to do it all of himself. And yeah, look, there, there's experienced GMs in the league. There's obviously billionaire owners that just are, are not going to get scared of negotiating with a guy that probably has a lot of leverage, but they know he's a player, not an agent. So they're they're not gonna they're 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 not gonna what do you what do you call it? They're uh, they're not gonna get intimidated by that. Well, they, they just don't want to get tied to a guy giving him five years, like two hundred fifty plus million dollars, and we don't know if he can be healthy. And why was he not around the organization in their playoff game? There are red flags. Well, there well, are. The Lamar Jackson is not this perfect, pristine quarterback that everyone is saying is some victim right now. I'm, I, I'm not here for that. No, and you're right. There, but there's arguments to both sides. I mean, you can ask why he wasn't. Of course, around there the team. is. Well. He was probably healthy enough to play, but he was looking after his own future as to as to as to not playing. And um, did that create a bad omen on himself? Maybe it did, but he'll still get paid, and he kept himself healthy. Oh, of course, he will. He he will. Listen, I I can't wait. I want to see him play. I want him to see, sign a long term deal because he's a lot of fun. Um, all right. On the other side of the show, it is the first up scoreboard. There was no Kevin Durant. We'll tell you why. But did it even matter for the Suns? That's Carlo. I'm Kaz. This is First Up. Hey, everyone. This is the First Up scoreboard. I'm Matt Kaz. That is Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo, you want to handle a little puck, and then I'll handle a little basketball. I sure will, Matthew. Light night in the NHL. Not not many good games. Obviously, you saw the Chicago no. Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings square off, and 
Red Wings win in a comeback fashion, 4-3 over the Blackhawks. In Minis- in Winnipeg, it was Minnesota with a 4-2 win over the Winnipeg Jets. And, man, tough to be a Winnipeg Jet fan right now because that team is going in the wrong direction. They now hold a three-point lead. I believe it's three points over the Calgary Flames for the final wildcard playoff spot. And... Um, uh, what do, you, what do you call it? Um, concerning news in Winnipeg of oh, the health of yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois as he is not traveling with the team, and they'll be missing him for the coming games on their road trip. And in the final game, it was another lowly matchup. It was in Vancouver. It was the Anaheim Ducks versus the Vancouver Canucks, and Vancouver wins in overtime 3-2. So that is your NHL update matthew on the nba side of things two injuries that really stuck out of mvp candidates uh first luka Doncic gets uh injured hip he is out of the game but didn't matter the pelicans were leading anyway and they would beat the mavs 113 106 kyrie irving great they brought him on they have a losing record since he joined the mavericks <laughs> meanwhile kevin durant injured his ankle in warm-up uh, so thoughts and prayers to everyone who bought a ticket to see his home debut with the Phoenix Suns. But Devin Booker put up 44. The Suns beat OKC 132-101. Cleveland gets by Miami 104-100. And then the game that we were talking about before, it was the Toronto Raptors losing 108-100. to Kawhi Leonard, massive, massive dunk on Pirtle. And uh, we get 24 points. And the big story there, once again, the Raptors offense not showing up, shooting under 40% for the game. And we'll play you a little bit later. Fred Van Vliet had a spicy take on the officials, including one very specific one, and that is your first up scoreboard. And if you want to focus on other hockey news, Connor Bedard. In the CHL, scored his Ah. 60th goal of the season, Matthew. (laughs) And he's done it in only 49 games played. Wait, more news is coming down. Upon hearing of Connor Bedard scoring 60, the Columbus Blue Jackets will not ice a goalie for the remainder (laughs) of the season. It is a bold strategy that the Blue Jackets are going to do. Well, it's funny you say that, Matthew, because Tuesday night... (laughs) Columbus was up four nothing in Pittsburgh, yeah. and I believe it was Te- or Merz Lickens that was playing, and yeah. he got pulled for Michael Hutchinson. Michael Hutchinson comes in. It's almost <laughs> like the Columbus Blue Jackets purposely traded for Michael Hutchinson because he's the guy that is going to blow games for them when they're winning. All right, we're winning. Oh, we got to put our backup in. Yep, sorry, Hutch. You're doing. In you're, case you're, doing of- a, you're doing a favor for it- us. In case of winning, break glass and get Hutch on the ice. And don't <laughs> worry, guys. I got this. Bedard's coming here. All right. On the other side, is the NBA or NBA, excuse me, is the NHL game of the year, is it going on tonight? I'll, uh, there's a game I want to throw out to you that I think could be the NHL game of the night. And Carl and I will debate that Game of the year, next. you said, too, Matthew. Game of the, yeah, game of the year, not game of the night. Who cares about the game of the night? Hey, everyone, tonight, that game of the night. No, the NHL game of the year, it's upon us. And we'll discuss that next.